This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Pods. I'm your host Mike Scott, in again for Chris Hamblin, and we're here to look at Palace's 3-1 defeat to Chelsea. With me are DR Kernaz and Albert Curley and we'll talk through a bad day at the office for Palace at Stamford Bridge. Yes, hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Pods. Uh, Chris Hamblin is otherwise engaged this evening uh, and as it's... As it's a, uh, it's a podcast that's done out of love, uh, we'll let him off. He's having a lovely evening uh, at work, having a buffet with his workmates, I think. So, um, yeah, he's probably eating all all the lovely food right now. But with me, I do have DR Kerners and Albert Curley. And uh, how are you doing, DR? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, apart from yesterday's devastating, well, not devastating, but yesterday's unfortunate defeat. Um, yeah, I'm coping fine. I just, I was watching basketball at night. Yeah, just got me through the night. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go into yeah, basketball exactly. again Every this pod, time. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how are you doing, Albert? I'm um, well. To be honest, I, I think I got the startings of a cold coming on. It's just a little tickle at the back of the throat. So uh, I'll be all right, though. I'll be all right. I'll do it for you, Mike. Thank you. It's not the kind of cold that you can pass through your microphone. I'm hoping. Hopefully not, no. I mean, I am a little bit nervous that Sam and Terence are going to listen to this and think I'm some sort of having some sort of illicit affair with you guys. Yeah. Um, I was potentially going to put on a different voice and, you know, have a slightly different name, but I don't think I could have kept it up. I'd have been disappointed if you did. Um, actually, I've, I've managed to avoid a cold, even though um, my two youngest kids have both got uh, stinking colds. And what's more than that, uh, my little one, littlest one, uh, decided that she would take a dump in the bath over the weekend. So uh, that was uh, that was how good my weekend was. Float or sink? well, I was quite lucky. It, it, it had a it had a kind of decent texture to it, so I could kind of I got I got some tissue and I kind of hooked up the main bit in one in one go. Uh, and then just had a few drugs to get out. Um, at, she, at this point, can I just check? Was there water in the bath? Yeah, yeah, the water was still in oh, the bath. Oh, fine, yeah, yeah. fine. Um, and then she just denied all knowledge. I was like, "What's this?" And she's like, I, "I don't know, I don't know." I was like, "I, th- I think you do know." Um, but yeah, so the the defeat to Chelsea was not the worst part of my weekend. Um, that definitely was, and uh, I feel like I'm going to be telling a therapist about that at some point. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get, let's get to the game, shall we? Let's get to the lineup. Uh, oh, please! So Maya in. Um, I think generally the consensus was quite positive. Uh, Albert, what did you think? Yeah, I mean we've all been calling out for it. Uh, you know we've 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 definitely lacked a little bit of dynamism in the midfield, especially when we have to you know send Will Fernandros up top. So I think it was good that we actually got to see him start a Premier League game, and um, you know he, he did. All right. I mean, he did all right. He he certainly got the quality on the ball, but it's again, it's not the uh, it's a bit of a baptism of fire, isn't it, to 
be chucked in the starting lineup in a slightly weakened team against a Chelsea team that's obviously on a, an amazing run. So, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't set the world on fire, but you know, I don't think anyone. Well, I hope, I hope you know, no one's going to rule him out and suggest that he's no good and shouldn't start the next one. Well, I mean, I was quite surprised. Um, I expected when they when they came up with the lineup. I sort of thought maybe he's going to somehow use him more to his strengths, maybe a 4-3-1-2. I mean, that's very progressive for Hodgson, so that was probably wishful thinking. Um, but I didn't expect him to be out on the wing. Um, DR, what, what did you think? Yeah, I was I was in the same thought as you. I thought he'll play 4-2-3-1 uh, with um, Mayo playing central and Wilf. Um, and either Wilf or Andros up front with Maka playing um, more in advanced role as well. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, we started with 4-4-2. Um, I personally, I've said it before on Love Sport, I personally don't think 4-4-2 this season will work. We we It worked last season due to Kabai and Ruben Loftus-Cheek being on, being on the side. They were crazy players and we clearly missed them this season. And yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. I thought Maya had a good start to the game, but he faded away, and I didn't really see him much in the second half. I, I don't know. I don't know if that was a formation or, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I wondered before the game whether Hodgson had decided that there'd been success at Stamford Bridge with Townsend and Zahar up front. Whether he wanted to try it again, um, I, I was surprised. I. They, in fairness, the midfield were pretty narrow, um, so it looked as though at points Mayer might be able to get into the kind of positions that we know he's decent with, but um, there was a lot of negativity, especially after the game on Twitter towards him, which I think is is fairly harsh. Um, I don't know what you think, Albert. I don't know whether you think that he was kind of in a luckless job for for the, for the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as I sort of alluded to, I think it's a it's a it's a very hard environment to chuck him in in a in a position that's, you know, he'd probably admit isn't his best. I think Roy Hodgson would probably admit it's not his best position either. And you know, while whilst it was sort of sort of classed as a four four two in a way, it sort of felt a bit. Certainly in the first half, it felt a lot more a bit like almost like a four five one or a, or a four four one one because you know rarely were there two, were there two 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 strikers in inverted commas. You know, working as a pair at the top of the field. You know, every time we had someone break, you know, clear in a you know in a clear sort of strike the strikers area. You know, the other one, whether it was Will for or Andros, was so far away. You know, deep often being the person that had started the attack. It's you know, it was a very it was a very sort of congested, but at the same time very narrow, almost five in the middle. Certainly for the first half. So, you know, no one came out. You know, glowing really. There was moments, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Mark. I think it's I think it's harsh to, to you know, single out Mayer for for any you know level of criticism beyond anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I'd be really disappointed if he gets dropped after that because I really don't see what more he, he particularly could have done. Um, I don't know if if he'd have played as a sort of traditional number ten, whether that would have freed up Townsend and Zaha to be a little bit. Um, you know, more together. You're right, they were 30, 40, 50 yards apart at times um, and that's not going to get us anywhere. And, and I know uh, we said before the pod that we were going to discuss Zahar. Um, let's briefly do that before we cover the main points of the game. Um, I think he's really struggling um, in the kind of role where he's got his back to goal, um, which he had to do for quite a lot of the game again. And I'm just not sure that that's what he's comfortable doing necessarily. He did get his chances to uh, to go on runs, um, but not as many as I would like. And I would have thought that if Maya had been just behind them in a number 10 row, he, he would have had more chances to do that. Dio, what did you think? Yeah, just like Maya, I thought Wilf was playing out of position as well. But yesterday, he, his overall game was just poor. Um, I felt like he, t- he took too many touches. Um, Chelsea were not even doubling up on him; they were tripling up. <laughs> so, lots of players were open. Um, 
especially in the in the first half and in the second half he even got a bit worse. Um, but yeah, I just he he needs to he needs to find an open guy. That's that's pretty much it. Um, you know, take one touch out of your game and look for an open guy. But it, it was a hard game for him. Um, but I felt like he was out of position yesterday. He's more of a winger, and hopefully when Benteke does come back, we just go to a four three three, and um, hopefully play Wilf out wide and. That, that's what he does best um, going into the box and crossing the balls into the box so yeah yesterday he was out of position but he, I felt like took too many touches and that's why he lost the ball so many times It's great to think that we're uh, we're really hoping for a player that's not back until January and scored three goals last season to come and sort our problems out that's a that's a sobering thought uh, let's get on to uh, some of the points of the game. And I've got to say, for a, for a game that had four goals in it, um, there were long periods of um, stalemate and not a great deal of um, box action. But early on, um, Mayer did get a chance where he uh, where he skied one. Um, started off with Zahar, uh, ran down the right, laid a ball across, went behind everyone. May ended up uh, hitting it over the bar. And that was about the sum total of Palace's opportunities before they went behind. Um, what did you what did you think about the early encounters, Albert? Uh, I thought, yeah, listen, like you say, that we, we didn't have, um, you know, like you, you can't really rattle off clear-cut chances that we had, you know, and, and even, even that Mayer one's a sort of speculative you know, hit from what sort of 18, 20 yards, you know, you know, if you're going to be harsh, you could say, you know, a player of that ability is either got, should have the quality to hit it first time and maybe do a bit better or, you know, he's got very quick feet and a low centre of gravity. You'd like to think he could maybe get the ball under control if he felt we'd needed to and, and, you know, and still get a fairly decent shot away. But, you know, the early, I thought the early first sort of 25 minutes, you know, we were very compact. I thought, you know, I thought we we kept him at bay quite well. You know, May and MacArthur were sort of coming back and covering the fullbacks, you know, and Chelsea were having to cross from, you know, considerably deep, deep positions and cross early. And, and I mean, Tompkins especially was, seemed to be dealing with them, you know, fairly nicely. And, you know, again, not that they resulted in amazingly clear cut chances, but we sprung a couple of decent breaks, but, you know, there was, how, how you know, in the first half, especially how many times were there were either Townsend or Zaha, had been set away and, you know, on the edge of the area or out wide edge of the box. And, you know, they're, they're having to put crosses into nobody. And I think, you know, I think that's goes back to what DR was saying, you know, Zaha's having, most of those times, DR's have not DR, Zaha's having to take those touches because, because <laughs> there's no one near him, because there's no one near him. And we saw it yesterday and, uh, you know, the ball goes to, he's our outlet. He gets the ball more often than not. And, and when there's not a lot showing, you know, it's not there's not a huge amount he can do without those choices. He, he can only beat so many men, and at times there was like four or five around him. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I, th- I thought we sh- I thought we we made a good account of ourselves for the first twenty five minutes. Chelsea didn't have a great, you know, probably they'd be saying the same thing. Not a not a huge amount of chances, but um, I th- yeah, I, I was I was very impressed. Yeah, and Dr. What are your thoughts? Early encounters. Um, we started the game off well, as Albert said, we were compact and uh, Max was helping the team um, by creating chances. But um, but as the game went on, um, going forward, I don't know what it was, but Will Fernandes, they just they weren't on the same on the same game yesterday. Um, either Will will be up there. Or Andros will be up there and Wilf won't. We were just crossing balls into the box, and at times there was just no one there. So I was just disappointed about that, but. We started the game off well. I thought we'd done brilliantly, um, you know, defensively. We were making Chelsea false passes. And, that you know, this Chelsea side is so great this season. They're, I think, 11, now 12 games unbeaten. So, they're, they're playing some great football and nice passing as well. So, we managed to, you know, stop them in their passes. But, yeah, after the goal went in, it was just a different game. We just didn't pressure Chelsea and we just sat back and let Chelsea just attack us and that's pretty much a disappointing thing Sorry I was taking a long toke on my new uh, rhubarb and custard vape I'm quite quite enjoying it What so, a man Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the rhubarb and custard sweets when you were a kid? Very clearly oh, It's just DR you have, you're going to have no, you're going to have literally nothing to say yeah. in this conversation 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm a bit. I'm a bit too. Get young yourself for this, on Wikipedia and look up rhubarb and custard sweets, and your life will be changed. Well, even better, get yourself some rhubarb and custard vape. Available I think the sweets probably better in it. Surely. Well, surely. You well, I don't know. Um, this this is pretty special, and it was from Poundland as well. Even even better. How uh, much was it? I tell you <laughs> what, the thing about Poundland, a lot of the stuff isn't a pound anymore. Like you're joking. Well, yeah, it's it's why the ninety nine p shop went out of business, um, and they got took over because they had nowhere to go. Like they couldn't raise their prices, whereas Poundland could because they never said they definitely only sold stuff for a quid so um you know they, they've got a clove section now which is where i get many of my threads in fairness um is everything in the denomination of pounds is it one pound two pounds yeah three? do you know what i mean yeah. they're not doing like 148 because that would be really annoying no i think i think they'd lose my custom then i'd be straight back to pound stretcher yeah <laughs> they're smart though. <laughs> they're smart though yeah after the 99p shop went bust they're, you know, they're, they're in control. But everyone still thinks Poundland is just like a pound. That's why they walk in, but they don't really, I don't think they've realised. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course you have, Mike, but majority of people don't. Well, really I mean, so, relatively yeah. recently, I bought um, I bought a remote control in there because I lost my remote control for my TV. Um, and I bought some batteries in there as well, put the two together and it started a fire in my flat. So, um, yeah, there's certain things you should not purchase. More bang for your buck, literally. More bang, bang for your buck, yeah. Hang on, they don't sell strikers, do they? Strikers. Uh, well, got, I think we've got a couple of strikers from Poundland, to be fair. They were sitting on the bench yesterday. <laughs> okay, well, let's uh, let's move on to uh, the Chelsea goal, shall we? Um, DR, do you want to talk us through what happens? Because uh, I think it was one of those goals that potentially, particularly Tompkins, could have maybe thought that He's probably he's probably come in and, and thought he could have done better. Um, I, you know, uh, it, it was a tough one, but uh, talk us through it. Yeah, it was a cross into the box, and then um, Tompkins. It was a poor header away, which landed straight at Pedro, and then uh, Pedro crossed it into the box this time. Um, a low cross, and Morata just finished it. But yeah, um, it was poor from Tompkins. He just cleared it. Sh- he you know cleared it straight at Pedro. Harsh. And, um, yeah, well, that's harsh. No, you carry oh. on. You carry on. Okay, uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was poor from Tompkins, but not only Tompkins. I thought um, Luca as well. Um, when I first saw when, when it first happened, I looked at Luca and in the replays, why wasn't Luca closing down Pedro? He was there, but he just stood still instead of ra- rather than going going at a Pedro and closing the ball down. So defensively, it was it was very poor, and you know harsh. for the rest of the goal, it was oh wow. Oh no! You know what? I'm going to stop now, and you can tell me where it's hard <laughs> because Luca and Tompkins there were a mistake. Okay. No, Luke, yeah, the Luca letting Pedro into the area at the start is is poor, and I'm not I'm not defending that. I just think I think Tompkins. I mean, that was that sort of that first good 25 minutes that we had soon turned into a. I mean, you've already said it, Dio. It turned into sort of Chelsea really ramping up the pressure, and you know, really squeezing us, and you know, it was a bit of a his back's against the walls job. And I just think when you're facing that much quality, it's such a, it's such a hard, hard thing to concentrate for that long to stay focused and just receive cross after cross and get your, get your body on the end of it. And I think you look at sort of the, the ball that comes in. I think Tompkins is, he's in a bit of a weird position. I think he does the best that he could do to head of that away. I think he's, he's not necessarily aware that if he nods it straight out to the edge of the area, who's going to be there. There might be Ross Barkley or someone, you know, ready to sort of lash one in. So he, he sends it back from where he came from, tries to reset himself. Um, and, the, and the ball comes back in and Morata almost miscontrols it. But, you know, that's the luck you get when you've got, you know, when you're, you're Chelsea, the ball sits up quite nicely and he, he can sort of blast it over Wan-Bissaka. He would probably block it if it was on the floor. And I said, yeah, listen, it's not... It's, I don't think it's the the greatest the greatest bit of defending I've ever seen, but I think I think to say it's poor is quite harsh because I think he'd he'd won a lot up until that point, and like I say, to stay to stay focused and withstand that sustained pressure from such a quality team, you know, they're not like Arsenal, they're not very flamboyant, they're very functional, Chelsea, and I just thought, you know, whilst I didn't wasn't happy about the goal going in, I didn't think, you know, I wasn't I wasn't throwing my can of beer anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got to, um, I've got to agree with you. I think um, we micro-analyse games in the Premier League in a way that, you know, you didn't 10 years ago. Um, and 
he he put some distance on the header. It was quite unlucky that it fell back to a Chelsea player. I think the person that could have done better was Luca, who throughout the game seemed to give far too much space um, to a lot of players. Um, something I noticed, made a note of before I lost my notes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I particularly think that Tompkins could have done a great deal more. He put some distance on the header. Um, and then obviously, uh, Morata was there for his trademark two-yard finish. Um, and then not not particularly long after, we were relatively lucky to um, to not go 2-0 down. Um, I heard Joel Ward discuss the uh what the offside second goal um mr charisma yeah mr charisma um yeah yeah so hard you were so harsh on him and i didn't watch you know the after um after the game uh how he was but i thought he was yeah, i thought he was a decent pundit. I, I thought he got ripped to shreds um by defoe absolutely ripped to shreds um after the Not game for the first time yeah um <laughs> to be fair i was on my phone but yeah not for the first time what what was was that that Bournemouth game last season where he sc- oh, we scored that absolute... Oh, Stop it. Def- oh, def- Sunderland. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, yeah. He was not scoring again. <laughs> I think he just Sunderland. took the... Like, can I say it? Like the P word? Oh. Sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> That's to drag know, all that back uh, up. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's a good mention for Joe Ward, who I think... He was given he was given a tough old time um, as a pundit there, um, and I think they were they were taking the piss a little bit out of him. Um, but yeah, so he reckoned he reckoned it was offside. Um, apparently, the line suggested that it wasn't. So I think we were relatively lucky to not be two down. Um, I suppose you can't really tell, can you? Um, they are. Yeah, the, um, the first goal. I don't know. There was a question as well from a <clears throat> listener. Uh, Morata's first goal, offside or not? I f- it's so weird. I've, I was searching it online as well, and majority of people don't understand, and I don't really understand as well. In my opinion, I thought it was offside because it was intended for him. But apparently, some people are saying that's not the case. Um, what do you guys think? Was it offside, or you know, when the ball first got uh, whipped into no. the box for Morata? But it, but. If if Tompkins did leave it, then Morata would uh, Morata would receive the ball and it will be offside. So yeah, but he he Tompkins didn't leave it and he got he got a touch on it. But who would leave it? If you're a defender, you're gonna you're going to have to clear it out because there's a player behind you, and that's why a part of me says it was offside because Tompkins had to make that call because of Morata. Yeah, but let's, let's, let, yeah, but let's yeah, but let's 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 say Tompkins gets a block on it, but knocks it out further to say Alonso or a, you know a fullback who's more on the touchline. You know, if if they then cross the, if they then cross the ball in, you know, you you we, we wouldn't be debating it. We'd be saying, oh yeah, that is a really different. It's only the fact that it's it's really quickly bounced off Tompkins to go back to Pedro that we're all saying, oh, he's offside. But you know, in it's only because the proximity it is a it is a different phase of play and. I think it's a fair, you know, it's a fair enough goal. I think if we had VAR, um, I wouldn't know which way it would go. But at the same time, you compare that to Lacazette last week. I mean, that that really annoyed me. This didn't annoy me. Um, and to be honest, I think as the first half went on, um, I think we possibly did deserve to go 1-0 down. So I, w- I wasn't too worried. Um, I had a smile on my face when the second one was disallowed. But uh, yeah, I, I can I can see why people would say that. But I think we're, we're splitting hairs and we're again, we're micro-analysing points that, um, you know, back in the day, nobody would have bothered looking at twice. Um, let's uh, let's just talk a little bit about the, the period before, before we got the equaliser because... I would have said it was against the run of play. Um, what do you think, Dale? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to agree with you there. Um, once we, once, once uh, the second half started, um, you know, we seemed like we are up for it a bit more. Um, you know, other players, other players stepped up and clearly... Um, we wanted it more in second half and it was a brilliant pass from uh, Maka to Townsend, which was a very good finish with his weak foot. So yeah, I felt like we started the second half with, with a bit more urgency, especially after how the first half ended. Once they scored, we were just sitting back, but second half, it seemed like, um, you know, we came we came into the game and uh, wanted to just, you know, um, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, we came into the game and wanted to send a message to Chelsea that we're not going to sit back and we're just going to hit it straight away. Well, I mean, I think that's because the message got through to the players that I'd put a 28 to 1 bet for a quid on uh, bet365. Um, so once they worked out I was going to be 28 quid better off, they thought they'd better play a little bit better. Um, yeah, let's talk. Imagine got... what you could have got in Poundland if that bet had come in. Well, yeah, I could have got, I could have started Shares. 14 different fires. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about the goal, Albert. Uh Townsend, he doesn't he doesn't score tappings, does he? No, it's it's it really is feast or famine, isn't it? And not not even in numbers, it's like not eating anything for a while and then going like out for a Michelin star slap up meal. Um That's a lovely I mean it's a, it's a great it's there you go. It's a it's a great move. I mean the the pass from Tompkins in you know into Townsend before he then lays it off to Macker and goes on the run is it's just a really it's a really nice you know it's not a long ball it's it's really really incisive play and I think I think I mean I've, listen the quality of the ball from from Macker is just sublime and to see David Louise absolutely floundering is always something that I enjoy yeah yeah um, me too. I think and I think I think Townsend you can see he, he really desperately just tries to push him over right at the last second. But I think huge credit to Townsend because he obviously make, he starts the, you know, he starts the little one, two with Maka goes on a run. And I think he doesn't, he, get, he, need, he deserves a lot of credit because he, it kind of makes it harder for himself because he asked, he has to sort of go wide of goal to try and get a bit of space from Louise. Who's like I say, he's coming bundling in and all, all that does really is sort of narrow his angle and his options. And he has to, he, he has to put it, where it ends up and it's a fantastic finish and it does that I mean watching it on the TV it, it does that thing where it it, it it hits that sort of uh, the bottom of the net that bar that's that's holding the net yeah. to the floor and it makes that lovely that lovely rattling rattling sound and it was um, a, a really really nice finish and I was off my sofa better than, like, better than the uh, Carabao Cup goal uh, yeah it's better because it's it's against Chelsea and you know I think we really deserved it, and it was just a, a lovely, a lovely team goal. Yeah, I mean that brings me on to a point I wanted to make um, that there was some really, really decent passing from from everyone. Um, you know, right back from Sacco onwards, there was some, there was some excellent passing. And whereas Luke has been responsible for some some shoddy giveaways um, the rest of the season, I think his weak points were more in his uh, closing players down. And actually, we played very fluidly. And I saw somebody had been retweeted a few times today. Um, I think it was a Spurs fan said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing. Um, Palace are always very difficult to beat, and yet they always get beaten. And I think that 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 sums up that sums up the game pretty well. I thought we were really easy on the eye, um, and that move kind of showed it for me. Uh, Dr. Yeah, uh, even after the goal, we put pressure, uh, we put Chelsea under pressure and they weren't, I don't think they were really expecting it because of how the first half ended. They were just increased control and they probably thought it would be the same same scenario in the second half because they didn't, they, you know, they kept Hazard on the bench and apparently, oh, yep, sorry, that was my phone. Yeah, they kept Hazard on the bench. Oh, these are orders and their phones. Unbelievable. It's just, oh, I need to put on. Yeah, do not disturb. Yeah, um, they kept, it is on the not disturb, so I don't know why I've done that. <laughs> but yeah, they kept Hazard on the bench. And I, that pre, that pretty much sums it up because Sari said that we'll put on Hazard if we need him. And 
once they realised that, wow, Palace are not going to just let us <laughs> kick it about, then they put him on and it was a different game after that, really. Yeah, let's talk about that if we must. Um, second goal, pretty annoying, wasn't it, Albert? Oh, there's a lot there to be annoyed about, isn't it? Um, you know, he come. You know, they were they were questioning on Sky. Was it a foul? I think it was. I actually, I actually think it was a. I think is it PVA who has a nibble first? Yeah, I think, I think so. PVA yeah. has a nibble, and uh, but then it's it's actually the the challenge from Kiate that that the ref blows up for. Uh, so yeah, I don't. You know, I've got no complaints with a free kick being given. Um, but again, it's something else that they highlighted on afterwards. Uh, you know, at full time, the thing that's sort of frustrating is that I think they've done it mildly before as well. Um, Louise is you know clearly impeding Sacco. You know, as the ball comes in, and he and he he does it again for that free kick, and you know it's. Listen, the, the the defend the defending for the goal. There's no excuses. It's poor, but you know the the challenge the challenge on on Sacco, which again was the second time it had happened. You know, you just you can't help but think of things like and again. It was a bit more of a, an aggressive challenge, but no, you know, just a cynical when uh, Sacco get, gives away a penalty against Liverpool. You know, for, for a set piece coming in. You know, and it's it's we don't we don't get it the other way. You know, you can you can bet your Bet your ass that if it was the other way around and Sacco was impeding Louise, the ref would blow up and point at the spot, especially because it's Michael Oliver. Um, so that that was frust- that was frustrating. Um, and I, I you know, but <laughs> you know, we, we can't. Whilst we can sit here and say that's frustrating, that the, the state of the defending, you know, half a second later is is is, is atrocious and. Um, yeah, we're we're hard to beat, but we always get beaten because more often than not, we're our own worst enemies. Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about that that particular move and the poor defending DR, and then just say a little bit about what you thought of uh, Kuarte throughout the game as well. Now he's been mentioned uh, about the second goal, Chelsea goal, the second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after uh, talking about the second goal, I think Tompkins. Was that a mistake? I don't. I don't know if Albert's going to agree with me on this one, but Wan-Bissaka had his man marked, and for some reason, no one decided to mark Morata. And I don't understand why Tompkins was standing next to Wan-Bissaka. So it just I, that's why I'm blaming him because Wan-Bissaka had his man, and Tompkins was there marking no one. And then even after the goal went in, you can see in his reaction, he was the first one to run at Morata. It seemed like he just forgot about his man. Uh, but yeah, I thought. Tompkins was that mistake. I'm. It might sound like I'm being harsh at Tompkins, but all right. First goal, I might be. You know, I might be over exaggerating. But the second goal, I think it was his fault. I think that would be naturally his man, Murata, because he's he's tall and he's physical, and I would expect Tompkins to mark him. But uh, Kiata's overall game, I thought uh, he had a decent game. Um, same like Arsenal, he was decent box 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 midfielder who. Um, Helped out defensively, but um, this game he didn't he didn't really help out attackingly as much, if I if I should say so. Um, but yeah, it was overall. I thought if yeah. that's a word, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was just thinking, yeah. is that a word? I'm attacking, not sure. Anyway, yeah. people know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Who who's Lee and why are you attacking him? I don't know. <laughs> Who is Lee? Maybe Chongy. All right, Nick. Carry <laughs> on. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I thought he had a decent game. Nothing special. No one really had a special with him <laughs> apart from wan I guess yeah I mean go back to the the point about Tompkins I, I think um, Albert spot on when he said you know we're, we're talking about a team that is undefeated so far in the Premier League absolutely relentless attacking um, it's going to be as mentally and physically taxing as anything that James Tompkins has ever had to deal with so I think that these kind of mistakes, they do happen throughout games. And actually, Chelsea, the couple of mistakes that happened in the game punished us. Um, and there's been, in the last couple of seasons, there's been other teams that have either come to Selhurst or we've been away and they haven't taken those opportunities and we've ended up with a draw or even better. So it's, I think it's 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 tough to be blaming anyone, really. Uh, I don't think the positioning was perfect. Um, and certainly the ball should have got away, poor defending. But, um, you know, that's always going to happen in a game against a team as, as quality as Chelsea, as much as it pains me to say it. 
Um, and the third one, I think similar really, not a great deal could be done. Excellent finish, sickening finish. Um, and uh, I was sort of resigned at that point. What did you think, Albert? I thought the, first of all, no one's marking Marata for the, the second goal because he looks like uh, he should be working in middle management in a high street bank. He doesn't look like a, <laughs> you know, a, foot, a, a threatening footballer. Um, the, the third goal, I, from a defensive point of view, I almost think is as bad, if not worse. I mean, you look at, you look at where that, the ball's almost on the touchline and he's, you know, he's he's not at the byline cutting it back and look, and looking for a clever run. He's literally driven it across the floor, you know, parallel to the touchline, at no real pace. It's got you know, it's got no real sting on it, and it's you know, and it somehow manages to cut through maybe five or six you know Palace bodies, and essentially end up on the penalty spot. And I, you know, yeah, it's a good finish, and I'm not going to take anything away from that. Uh, and it's a clever run, but the fact that I mean. Uh, Alonso's in so much space out there. If he if he wanted to, he could take another two or three touches and and maraud into the box. But he he puts in a really, like I say, it's not a particularly dangerous cross at all. Um, now that's the sort of thing that needs to be cut out at the near post, and it just sort of trundles its way through. And uh, Pedro is one of the only Chelsea players sort of anywhere near it. And um, I, I, yeah, again, like like the like the second goal. It's if 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 we were maybe. Ten percent better in a defensive shape, and someone just gets a toe on something. You know, we we'd be in a lot better position and still be in the game. But a three-one down at Stamford Bridge against a you know Chelsea team that we, you know they've brought on Eden Hazard to change the game, and we we bring on Jordan Ayew to try and <laughs> try and redress the balance, which you know yeah. isn't the word I'd use. Yeah, it's um you got to be um you got to be a bit better than that and ultimately I think we got what we deserved and you know it wasn't a bad performance we didn't get spanked we weren't embarrassed but making those mistakes against a team like that you aren't going to come away with you know you'd be very lucky to come away with a point yeah I mean there's another there was another move that ended in a David Luiz header that um, Hennessy saved fairly comfortably oh that's just before yeah just before um, the second goal yeah. I just wanted to yeah and, shout out for Hennessy there you know good yeah. save um, but I think that really really underlined how how much they were running us ragged. Um, and I think people were making poor decisions by that point. Obviously, PVA came out on Twitter uh, and said, uh, made his apologies for the third goal, took responsibility. Um, I know that they, um, on match of the day two, they uh, they laid into him personally. Um, but I, I, I... Yeah, they were right too. I, yeah, I, I just think they were mentally run ragged by that point. And... Uh, I'd like to think that those kind of uh, performances won't come from too many other teams. Having said that, we've got Spurs and Man United coming up, so it might well do. Uh, Frustrating thing with that PVA that that PVA thing is that you know he's the he's the furthest man from the cross coming in. You know the balls the balls on our right hand side and PVA is our left back, and he's he, he somehow he's somehow caught ball watching from you know almost sort of thirty thirty five yards away when he really should be. You know, having his you know eyes over his shoulder to look for the runs of someone like Pedro coming in. Yeah, that's, that's um, true. I'm, I'm not sure he had the uh, the most influential game going forward either. Really, um, I think he, he he had a tough game. Um, in, in terms of of who had a decent game and who had a, a, a bad game, um, who do you think stood out and who was who was poor? There, uh, who stood out? Mm. Uh... I don't know. Um, Wambasaka, I guess. Uh, he was he was all right, but he uh, he had a poor game. Uh, Wilf, I'll say Wilf had a really poor game yesterday. Um, Mac, I don't know. Mac, I, I really don't know. Like I, I, the only player that really did stand out to me is just Wambasaka defensively. In terms of poor, uh, as a team, we we performed pretty bad. I can't just point at individuals. It was just a poor team um, performance but can I quickly go back at a Hennessy point yes I don't know about you lot but some people on Twitter yesterday were saying you know Hennessy out bringing Gaeta after yesterday's performance do you think that's deserved uh, I don't know uh, like against Borra I watched the, I watched the game and Gaeta 
didn't seem up for it. I just don't understand why people just bashing Hennessy for like every little thing. You can't blame it. You can't blame him yesterday for all them goals. They're just poor defensively. Well, the the grass is always greener when you you haven't really seen a player play. Um, it could be that Goethe might be the answer, but um, was, from what I saw against Bowie, yeah, he, you know, so poor, like um, kicking, like playing out from the back, um, you know, trying to give it to the defenders. Or sometimes the passes fell short when the balls were coming into the box. He was just punching them out instead of clearing it, uh, instead of catching well, I mean, it. It just wasn't. It's always going to punch. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think also you got you're talking about a, a keeper that hasn't necessarily had much game time with with the back line that he's got. So you know it's hard to compare the two. What I would say is Hennessy stopped Morata scoring his third, getting his hat trick, and it. I think the most satisfying thing about the game perhaps even more than Townsend's goal was Morata's face once he realised that he'd missed a chance for Hatcher. He looked like a bulldog that had swallowed a thistle. Like he, he was so angry. Um, and I thought Hennessy had another decent game, personally. Albert? I, I, I really I really struggle to see how anybody can, can base a sort of Hennessy should be dropped argument based on the game yesterday. Like that's, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see any on social media, but I wasn't really looking for it. I, I'm, I'm stunned to hear that. I thought he, um, yeah, he had a, he had a good, he had a good game. The, the, the chances that he could have saved, he saved. Uh, and yeah, he, he that Morata Murat, chance, he, you know, he stops him getting his hat trick. And like you say, Morata looked like he'd lost the game because it was like <laughs> yeah. almost the last kick of yeah. the game, wasn't it? Like full time whistle, he looked like he'd lost. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was Hennessy's yeah, hundredth game for Palace, wasn't it? Hundred league, hundredth league game. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. I think if if you if if you've got to suggest that Hennessy gets dropped based on yesterday, I think you probably have to then say it for six or seven of the other players. Like that's that's madness. Yeah. Well, to to be fair, um, yesterday what surprised me the most is the fact that Roy dropped Slup, who I know he hasn't been playing great for a while, but Roy still favoured him. He dropped he dropped Slup. Are you and Solov? It seemed like he's actually sending a message, especially after the Borough game. That if you play bad, you're just going to get dropped. And hats off to Roy for that. I, did, I honestly didn't think he had it in his locker because he, he seemed like he he's stubborn uh, with his with his tactical um, decisions and game management. But the fact that he done that yesterday, I was I was actually re- very surprised with. I thought he would at least start with Ayu also off with Wilf up front, but he clearly didn't because they had a bad game against Borough. Yeah, uh, and. At the time of recording, I've just got to say, um, I've got Huddersfield Fulham on in the background. And uh, Fossey Mentor has uh, has scored an own goal that's given Huddersfield a 1-0 uh, lead. So, um, you know, if if we think that some of our defence are having a hard time, um, Fulham have conceded more goals than any other team at this point in the history of the Premier League. And Fossey Mentor's put it in his own net and he's been subbed with half an hour to go. So... Silver linings there. Um, let's just wrap this up before part two. We'll, we've got some questions from uh, from listeners and uh, a few a few uh, things to announce. Um, player of the match, if there was one for you, Albert, who would it be? Uh, I think uh, it's it's a, it's a it's tight, and I think it's either Wambasaka or Macarthur. I thought Macarthur equipped himself well and played quite a night. You know that that ball through to. Townsend isn't something we see often in you know in our team, so I, I think Macarthur would just edge it for me. Yeah, Dio. Uh, I'm just going to go with Wan Bissaka because <laughs> he's probably the one that stood out the most yesterday. Uh, so yeah, You're beginning to sound like you love him today, but fair fair enough. Uh, oh, I love him. I just love the guy, <laughs> regardless of is <laughs> is a brilliant player. Um, I think he's got the most completed uh, dribbles past players for in. Europe's top five leagues are second most. So you can just like as as good as he is defending, he's still a threat going forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh I I agree with both of those. Uh I thought Hennessy played well as well. And I would not give it to Jordan IE. Um so let's uh we'll be back after this uh brief message and we will uh have a few questions from listeners. Back of the Nest Match Review Podcast www.backofthenest.com Okay, so uh we asked uh some 
questions on Twitter. Uh, a few questions from listeners came through, I believe, Dia. Dia. That's what black teachers used to call me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, apologies. If that if that right. if that's the I'm worst nickname you had at school, then um, you're doing all right. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's write off with some questions. They are go for it. Uh, so yeah, there was one from Rob. Um, he asked, uh, given our lack of attack and creativity, is there any benefit in putting Slup or Papa left back and pushing PVA up to PVA up to the wing and giving Wilf a free role to roam about in? front of the midfield um he said uh need something and pva's pace and forward runs maybe it what do you guys think albert uh i think as we've just discussed i think pva's defending is questionable at the best of times i think putting a worse defender behind him you'd start, uh, would open up the uh the space time continuum and we concede even more goals unfortunately okay well I, what i would say about that is um if you were to put PVA in midfield, um, you would have even less chance of, of Max Meyer being involved, I think, because, um, you know, he's obviously anti-playing a number 10. He's obviously anti-playing anyone in front of his, his midfield four. So, you know, if you if you stuck in someone on the left there, um, I just think he'd, he'd put Meyer back on the bench and that I think that would be a step backwards. Um, I know people had some issues with... Um, with Mayer against Chelsea, but I, I, as we said earlier, I really can't understand what more he could have done. And uh, I think we're clutching at straws if we want to be thinking about Schlott going back in the team after there was such a big shout for him, I think rightly, to be dropped. Uh, as for Suari, I mean, squad player, excellent, but I, I don't think he's the answer to, to anything really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can see PVA in certain situations late in a game, perhaps pushing up. Um, but I think we're kind of hamstrung by the options we've got um, with Hodgson's um, formations that he's willing to play with. Yeah, um, me personally, I don't see... Uh, well, Slut shouldn't be a starter on our side. Um, as a you know wide midfielder, I don't think he's got the technical abilities to go past players, so he's not really good there. I just see him as more of an impact sub. So, yeah, and Papa, he had that horrific injury. I know he started against Borough, but... Um, I wouldn't start. I wouldn't, you know, start Papa there because I don't think he's ready yet. But yeah, on to the next question. We got we got it from Mr. Cadbury's parrot. Uh, oh, already, good old yeah, Cadbury's yeah, parrot. Yeah, we already discussed this, but yeah, um, he asked uh, Morata's first goal offside or not, second goal Saka fouled or not, and hat trick brilliant save by Wayne or not. We already discussed some points, so um, yeah, should we just move on to the next question? Well, yeah, I think. Um... All valid points, but um, I think we're beaten by the better side, essentially. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next question from Joe Wentworth. Uh, what did he make of Maya's performance? Does he deserve to keep his place? Uh, what do you think, Albert? Uh, yes. Uh, on what? Do you, do you, were you expecting more? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he has to play, I think, uh, whilst there's no obvious, obvious striker and we're relying on, you know, Zaha and or Townsend to sort of lead the line, as it were. I think as we, as we've sort of, might a little D alluded to, you know, we lose a certain amount of flair in the middle of the park, taking Zaha, you know, that sort of 20 yards further up. So somebody else needs to sort of look to unlock things. And I know he does it via different, you know, I mean, he can carry the ball, but he's more about looking for sort of incisive passes and, um, Whilst it was MacArthur that sort of came up with the answer yesterday, I think uh, if you've got Kiarte and and Luca in a more sort of traditional holding role, up again like the four two three one that you were alluding to, Dr. I think Mayer has to be in the middle of the park, looking to um, you know bring bring Andros and and Wilf in from wide, but into sort of narrow forward positions. So yeah, for me, he has to start. Yeah, I I think Zahar with his back to goal. Is just not getting the best out of him. Um, the, the kind of balls that he's he's getting, um, they, if 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 Maya could take up the slack and then play a ball to him, I think would be onto much more of a winner. Um, so I really hope that he carries on with him. Um, I would hope that he's at least going to start against Spurs in our inevitable one nil defeat. Um, so yeah, I, I I'd be I'd, I'd be pretty frustrated if he doesn't if he doesn't give him a decent run of games now. 
Um, we've got one from um, Peter who asked a question: uh, EU Super League uh, for it or against it? Would you, would your answer change if Palace were invited to join? Just before I ask the question, do you guys know what the Super League is? Yeah, uh, so twenty twenty two, I think all the big clubs being in one league, and so Arsenal and Chelsea's, and you know Bayern Munich still all being one league, and uh, basically they won't be in the Premier League. Uh, so are you guys? Against it, Albert? Are you against it? Are you for it? Uh, just, just to say on that, like, as far as I understand it, there's a certain amount of teams that would be, um, they wouldn't be allowed to be relegated for at least 20 years. And then there's certain other teams that they've been invited in. Chelsea's one of those teams that would be straight into it for the, t- the first 20 years. So we'd be talking about not having Chelsea to play against. And I don't see a downside to that. It's- Sorry, Albert, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it, is isn't it instead of like the Champions yeah, League? So they'd still be in the Premier League as no, well. Uh, no, it's, I, I thought it was just a normal. No, they'd be leaving. No, the they'd be leaving oh, the Premier League. League. Yeah, leaving the Premier League. It's such a it's such a stu- it's such a stupid idea. Uh, I mean, and we're nowhere near being invited. And even if we were, it's a long way to go for an away game. Isn't <laughs> Imagine, it? yeah. Wait, so next week, where we go? Oh, we're just going. Up what ta- <laughs> What? What time would the coach? What the time would the coach leave to have to get to like Madrid? Let's just <laughs> let's just make this clear now. I don't think anyone, including including the person that asked, thinks that Palace is going to be part of the uh, EU league. Um, I think I think obviously no. But he said, "Would your opinion change if we were invited?" <laughs> so I'm 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 saying I'm ruling it out based on logistical reasons. Just logistical reasons. Just logistical yeah, okay. reasons. It's a long way okay, to go. Fair enough. I, I mean. I think- yeah, go on, Albert. Go on. I mean, go Albert, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I think there's there's a there's a part of me that thinks I would love for um, us to not be playing the top six teams, um, but you know the the market would fall out for the Premier Premier League in no time, um, and uh, I'm not sure it would work. But you know, there's talk of it coming in in 2021, and there's always a part of me that wants to see things happen. Just to see everyone crash and burn, um, a bit like Brexit, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it out of morbid fascination, but um, I, I can't see it happening. Uh, yeah, I don't I honestly don't know what will happen to Champions League, and also if something like that does happen, it'll you know it'll just be boring after a while, I guess. Champions League, that's what it's made for. So you don't always face the big teams, and when you do, it matters a lot. Whereas if you create a Super League, you'll just get boring after two years because it's always the big teams facing against each other and there's no fun of it. But we might actually win the Premier League if that happens. So <laughs> I don't yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. I've, got, next, I've, got, yeah. I've got to say, whenever the Champions League's on BT Sport, I end up watching the Championship game that's on Sky anyway because the, champ- the Champions League bores me to tears until the knockout stages as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know quite what the big teams think they're going to get out of it. You know, it's it's going to be if if you've got a league where people can't be relegated in the in the way that the MLS is, um, you've got some very uncompetitive games. Um, so I'm, unless they're going to be kicking people out left, right, and centre when they're not playing well, I'm not really sure what they'd get from it. But um, you know, fair enough. I'm sure that people with a lot more intelligence and knowledge than me have made the decisions. Um, uh, and next question. Yeah, and the final question is from Dave. He asked, "How many points will we have by Christmas?" It's, <laughs> it's not an easy question, but Jeez. right now, eleven games. We've got eight points by Christmas, Albert. Roughly, how many points do you think we'll have? Well, I've asked Santa for about twenty-three. So, you know, if I can. If I can behave between now and then, we'll be all right. The stark reality is Santa's not real. Wait, uh, oh, whoa, so whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Santa, Santa is real, okay? Does Arthur know that, Albert? He was... No. He, he, no. Okay. Well, listen, Santa, Santa was on our Christmas podvent calendar last year. Exactly. Last <laughs> exactly. Year, so what are you on about? So you're telling me all oh, that was fake. Santa... Sam, mate. It sounded like I don't know, but it sounded like a right handsome <laughs> blow. Uh, I we've got eight points now. By Christmas, we will have. I reckon. I'm going to say we're going to have 14 points. Mike, I'd be interested to know what we had um, at, at Christmas last year. 
Um, I was trying to think how many points we had. Turkey. Not me, not me. Um, I was trying to think how many points we had after 11 games. Um, I don't think we're especially better off. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm taking it philosophically this season. I'm just happy whilst I'm watching Huddersfield Fulham in the background that there are at least three teams considerably worse than us. Um, not least Fulham's defence being one of the worst defences I've ever seen in the Premier League. Um, I'd love to say we'd have a ton of points, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, hopefully around 20 to 25. I think that'll be very good, but even that's really pushing it. We've got a hard uh, run of fixtures. But yeah, that's all the questions and uh, thank you for sending them. Make sure to follow us on uh, Back of the Nest on uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah. After the Boxing Day features last year we had 18 points. did we that was oh, after that was off that was before the man city game that was after box uh yeah after boxing okay game. well it's good to know that bournemouth already have 20 now how depressing is that uh, bournemouth had 17 same time last year uh, we should be uh, bournemouth's place <laughs> yeah. that's where we should be after how we ended the season uh last year ah oh, so if I told you that at Christmas Christmas last year or after Boxing Day, Huddersfield had 23, what would you make of that? I what? would swear and Mikey would have to uh, edit it out. <laughs> yeah, 23 well, luckily, points they had. They only have six. Day, <laughs> and had well, they're, they're about to get three more, I think. Um, um, so before uh, a couple of housekeeping comments, uh, any more final comments from your two good selves? Nothing. No, I mean, nothing relevant. No. Anything yeah. ir- irrelevant? <laughs> oh, it's too much. Too much. Okay. Well, we'll save that for another pod. Dear. Um, it was I just ended. It wasn't a bad performance, really. It was just poor defensively. At times, we were putting Chelsea under pressure, which is good to see. They're a very good side, and we've got Tottenham next week. Next week, and I'm optimistic. I don't know why. I should. I shouldn't be optimistic after that defensive display, but I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> Haven't we lost 1-0 to Tottenham in each of the last four Premier League games? Um, yeah, and they've been like really that. depressing, like goals scored in the 89th minute and stuff like that. Uh, okay, well, that, on that on that positive note, uh, just a, a couple of things to end with. Um, Nick, who is part of this parish, um, and some of his colleagues have put together... Um, an anti-racism uh, leaflet that they'll be giving out outside of the grounds this Saturday. Um, and it is to combat some people that have polar opposite views to that. Um, it's a very important leaflet. It's got some great points. Um, what we're looking for is anybody that would be interested in handing some out. So if you'd like to, if you'd like to get involved, or if you, even if you'd just like to see a PDF of the leaflet in advance to see whether you want to get involved. Uh, if you just drop a uh, DM over to the Back of the Nest Twitter and the Twitter handle is they are At Back of the Nest. <laughs> at Back of the Nest. Or you can uh, tweet me directly. Um, that's Mike Scott HC uh, on Twitter. Either way, if you want to get involved, if you want to hand some leaflets out, um, you would be uh, very welcome to give us a hand and it, it would be very much appreciated. Uh, we're back with the uh, preview pod, uh, I believe, on Thursday. And uh, Terence is being joined by myself and Albert. Uh, oh, yeah, that's nice. Because uh, Heskiff has better things to do with his time. Um, and uh, it's Love Sport tomorrow, is it not, Dio? Yeah, Love Sport tomorrow. Me, Nick, and potentially Chris, if he ever decides to do anything for Back of the Nest anymore. <laughs> Well, the the man, the, the great man himself, had a very important uh, dinner to attend to this evening. He was schmoozing, he was whining and dining. So, fair enough. Uh, hopefully, Nick can say a bit more about the uh, the leafleting campaign tomorrow on Love Sport. Then, uh, but in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. And as ever, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.